Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. So say, hey, you're blessed, you're rich, and that's good news. But because you're rich, it may also be bad news. It's a double-edged sword. I really think Jesus say that because you're rich, this could also be bad news for you. Because we see this not just in our culture, we see this in the lives of people throughout God's Word, that uh, one of our greatest hindrances to spiritual growth can be wealth and riches and things. Jesus encountered a rich guy in Luke chapter 18. This man is known as the rich young ruler. And the rich young ruler uh, came up to Jesus and he encountered Jesus and he asked Jesus, he said, hey, he said, I want to follow you. What do I have to do to follow you? He said, I want to inherit eternal life. What do I have to do to inherit this eternal life that you speak of, Jesus? And so Jesus said to him, he said, hey, obey all the commandments, And Jesus went on to list these various commandments, and the rich young ruler said to him, I've done that. I've obeyed all of those things. And he said, so what must I do? And Jesus, knowing that this guy is a rich, young ruler, Jesus tests his level of commitment. Jesus tests how serious this young, rich man was about following him and about receiving eternal life. And so Jesus gets straight to the heart of the matter, and he says to the rich young ruler, he said, okay, great that you've done all those things. Now go and sell all of your possessions and then follow me. And the Bible tells us that the young man's expression and his mannerisms changed. The Bible, in fact, says that he became sad. And the scriptures tell us in Luke chapter 18, verses 24 and 25, Follow along with me. They tell us here that when Jesus saw that the man had become sad, Jesus said to him and those standing around them, how hard is it for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Have you ever been up close to a camel? Camels are huge. They're tall and they are wide. And Jesus is saying here that it's easier for one of those creatures to go through the eye of a needle than it is for rich people like you and I to enter into the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because when you're rich, it's easy to buy the lie that the devil sells that you got everything you need. You don't need Jesus. You're good to go. If you get into a bond, you got enough money in the bank account to pull it out and take care of yourself. Oh, and, and why in the world would you give any of that money to that church over there? Because if you kept it for yourself, you could have that boat, you could have that jet ski, you could have that lake house, you could finally put that lift on your truck, you could finally get that purse you've always wanted, that shoes you've always wanted. Oh, you might could even get that house with the really pretty brick that's painted. Rich people problems, man. 
first world problems. And listen, none of that's bad. I got friends the last couple weeks that got new vehicles. They're doing stuff to them. You know what I say to them? Man, I'm excited for you. Happy for you. But you know what? I know their heart. As their pastor, I know what they give to the church. I know how they serve. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with enjoying the fruits and the rewards of our labor as long as the rewards don't have our hearts. Jesus has our hearts. At least he should. Ain't nothing wrong with having things, but it is wrong for your things to have you. So, it's good news that we are rich, but it could also be bad news that we are rich. Jesus wants to have our hearts. He doesn't want our hearts to be consumed by our things. The second thing I think Jesus would also say to us today about money is I think he would tell us, you can't serve both God and money. He'd tell us first we are rich. Then secondly, I think if he was standing here today, he would look all of us in the eye with much compassion and grace because that was Jesus. But he would speak truth. And he would say to us, you cannot serve me and money. In fact, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters. Since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. This is not a new problem. Like This is seen right here in the Bible. That's why Jesus is saying it. But it's a problem we continue to have is that people try to serve both God and money money. And the result that we see in their lives is frustration. And the reason why there's frustration is because we are not wired to serve both God and money. In fact, Jesus tells us here that you will be devoted to one and despise the other. What we were created to do is work for money and then to steward God's money and to obediently funnel God's money to take care of ourselves with it, to take care of our children, to be a blessing to others. And I think what happens a lot of times when we try to serve both God and money is the world fights for our attention, and the world tries to convince us that we were made to serve money, and that's all we are here for. You see it all the time, the rat race. People chasing the next check, uh, chasing the next stock, chasing the next investment opportunity. The world wants you to live for the next paycheck instead of God. The world wants you to trust that stimulus check more than Jesus. The world wants you to have peace in that 401k instead of peace in Jesus. Which takes me to this. The world promises to give you and I things that only Jesus can provide. The world promises to give us things through our money that only Jesus can provide. See, there's nothing wrong with receiving a paycheck. As I've already said here earlier, God made us to work, and he knows that you and I need money to live here on earth. There's nothing wrong with having a 401k or a retirement account. All of that, when handled well, 
is God-honoring and can serve his purposes. Are you following me? But make no mistake about it, none of it, not a penny of it, can give you what only Jesus can give you. See, it all promises to give you joy, but the joy that it gives you, it's fleeting. The joy that Jesus gives you, it permeates all circumstances. Money promises to make you happy. But you know what? Happiness hinges upon your happenings. Joy hinges on Jesus. And Jesus is always on his throne. Money promises to give you security. Many of you have lived, have lived much longer than me, but in my 35 years, I've already observed this. Listen, money ain't very secure here on earth. It's not. It's not very secure. We have these things called recessions and depressions and markets and the stocks go up and they go down. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but it cannot give us the security that Jesus can give us. Our security is found in the Lord and in the Lord alone. Paul said that the secret to joy and contentment is Christ Jesus. So, as we bring this message to a close, and as Marianne gets ready to make her way to the stage, we're going to get ready to pray. And I want to lead us all this morning to make some kind of decision based off of this first money talk. Throughout this series, you're going to hear me say, I don't have all this money stuff figured out. I really don't. There are some folks sitting in here today that are much more sharp when it comes to money than I am. They're better at it. They're smarter at it than I am. But there is one lesson, at least one lesson, that the Lord taught me when I was 18 about money. In fact, I remember him teaching me this lesson about two weeks before I turned 19. I was about eight months out of high school. The majority of my friends had moved off to universities. I had stayed, stayed back to go to community college. And um, I had gone through about three or four different jobs in about a six-month period. And I just was unhappy. I was frustrated depressed, was trying to find my way as an 18-year-old about to be 19. I got a part-time job at UPS that didn't last very long because, listen, praise God for UPS workers, all right? This guy wasn't cut out for it. God did not call me to be a UPS worker. He didn't wire me for that. But I was going through this season where, man, it was hard. And one night, the Lord drew my attention to a brand new Bible that my mom had gotten me for Christmas. After Christmas morning, I had tucked that Bible away in the top drawer of my bedroom dresser. Sitting there on my bed, frustrated, depressed, and it was like God drew my attention to that top drawer where that Bible was. And I took that Bible out, I opened it up, and I came to Matthew chapter 6 where it says this, follow along with me. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat. Eating takes money. Or what you will drink, that takes money. Or about your body, taking care of your body takes money. Or what you will wear, having clothes, takes money. 
Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And Jesus said, aren't you worth more than they? And this is a passage that forever changed the trajectory of my life. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be provided for you. In that moment, I made a commitment to the Lord. Lord, I don't know what seeking first your kingdom looks like, but I'm going to figure it out. And I said, Lord, from here on out, I will do the best I can by your power to seek first your kingdom. And I'm going to trust your word here that says everything else will be provided for you, will fall into place if you will just seek me first. And over the last 16, 17 years, as I have done that, listen, I haven't always been rich by the world standards, but I've always been rich in the Lord. I've always had what I needed. Always had what I needed. Most of the time I have what I want. Why is that? Because God is a good God. He is a rewarder of his children who diligently seek him. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.